Hey everyone, welcome into your weekly sports breakdown. I'm Asher, joined by Jackson, and today is your special uh, Tuesday show, um, Tuesday edition. We are going to be breaking down this wild NFL playoff picture with all the different scenarios, and then we're going to make some NBA predictions for uh, MVP, uh, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved Player, um, tons more, the first um, NBA offense, but uh, yeah, so that's going to come up later. In yes, in general. Yeah. Um, yeah, so to start off, we're going to go with our NFL side of things right now. Yeah, so things took a turn for the better, sort of, for right. me. Yeah, I mean, kind of. So I had to make up three games on Jackson in the next two weeks, and I was 9-4, and four, and Jackson was 8-5 and five this past week. So. Yes, I made up a game on Jackson, which is which is fine, but now I have to make up two or three to win for this next week. So, you know, it's going to be a very, very tight race for week 17. But on Saturday, we're going to be releasing our predictions for that in, in our Saturday show. So, yeah, so on the season, I'm 71 and 40, and Jackson is 73 and 38. So yeah. it's a very tight race. Jackson's looking like he's going to win, but it's really anybody's game. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't know. Now you have to have a good week. But, I mean, definitely you could win. Definitely. Yeah, so now we um, – let's just get right into it. We have a lot of things to break down. We are going to try and give, you, give everyone um, all of the possible scenarios for this playoff picture. Now, Jackson, should you start it off with the AFC or – do you want me to start with the NFC? Oh, uh, could you start off, Asher? Thanks. Okay, sure. Yeah, so in the NFC, there are four teams that have clinched the playoffs so far. The Packers, Ooh. the Saints, the Seahawks, and the Bucks. Now, the Packers are 12-3, and three and the Saints are 11-4. and four. So if the Packers win, they get the bye. And the Saints would need a win and the Packers loss and then they would get the bye, I believe, since the Saints have the tiebreaker. So that's the scenario. Also, the other 11-4 and four team, the Seattle Seahawks, they would need, I believe, a win plus a Packers loss plus either a Saints loss or tie because the Seahawks do not hold the tiebreaker over the Saints, I believe, and the Seahawks... Yes, they do not hold the tiebreaker over the Saints, but do the Seahawks hold the tiebreaker over the Packers? That is the real question. Um, they haven't played the Packers, so it's going to be about head-to-head -head win percentage. So I'm not sure about what that is. Although, actually, yes, so the Seattle Seahawks have had the harder uh, schedule, but they are 8-3 in conference games, while the Packers are 9-2, and, and that's the tiebreaker. So that if that is a tie, which it could be with a Seattle win and a Packers loss, as they're both conference games, then it comes down to strength of schedule where the Seahawks have the edge. So it's a very convoluted path to the bye for the Seahawks, but it is possible. But let's just recap. The Seahawks need to win, and the Packers need to lose, and the Saints need to lose. So that's a pretty tall order for the Seahawks, and it's not in their in their control. 
if the Saints win and the Packers lose, then the Saints are are the team that's going to get the bye. And of course, if the Packers win, they're thirteen and three. They're a game up, no matter what, and they win that that first seed and the coveted bye spot that goes with it. So then you have the only other team that's clinched the playoffs, but it's not a division leader. Now that's interesting. A wild card team clinched before the division leader, and that would be your ten and five Buccaneers. Now they're in the they're in that spot. The Rams are right behind them in the sixth seed right now. Now the Rams would need a win and the Bucks would need a loss. And the Rams play the Cardinals probably without Jared Goff or Cooper Cup at this point. So it's looking pretty unlikely that like that's gonna happen. So the Bucks are pretty much locked in for that fifth spot. And they get to play the team that comes out of the NFC East. So we'll get to that in a moment. But yeah, yeah so the Rams apology. If you guys heard a weird guitar noise, that was because there was an automatic ad on um the NFL standings page. So sorry. Oh, okay. I'm or some sort of NFL page, NFL playoff I didn't, page. Oh, okay. I was wondering why Jackson was cracking up. I didn't okay. hear that, but I don't know. If if you yeah, I don't know if you heard that, but okay. Anyway, um yes, yeah, so the where was I? The Bucks are probably in the fifth seed, and then you have the Rams, the Bears, and the Cardinals. Those three teams are fighting for two spots. Now, they're the only three teams that are going to be in those two spots. And the Rams right now have the one-game lead. They are 9-6. and six, And the Bears and the Cardinals are 8-7. and seven. Now, here's how it's going to go down. The Rams play the Cardinals in Week 17. So that's going to be interesting. And then the Bears play the Packers, who are um, looking to clinch their division. So the Packers are going to... They're clearly the better team than the Bears. They demolished them when they last played. The Packers are probably going to win that game, and I'm just assuming they will. So the Bears are likely going to finish 8-8, eight and eight, and they hold the tiebreaker over the Cardinals. So if the Cardinals lose, no matter what, the Bears are in. But if the Cardinals win, the Bears need a win to get in that playoff spot, which is a tall order considering they're playing probably the second-best team in the league in the Green Bay Packers. So what it all comes down to is the Rams facing off against the Cardinals and the Rams have a one game lead, but as I'm pulling up the Rams uh, against the Cardinals, they, um, I don't, I think the Cardinals actually have the, uh, tiebreaker against the Rams, or else the Rams would have clinched at this point. So if the Cardinals beat the Rams, the Cardinals are in. Because no matter what, they get the tiebreaker over the Rams. Now, if the Rams win, they're in because they're going to be 10-6. and six. If the Cardinals lose, um, then it's the Rams and the Bears. And if the Bears win, they're in, and it's going to be between the Rams and the Cardinals. So it's a very interesting scenario. And then we move on to the NFC least, as I like to call them. Now, it's really interesting because there are three teams all vying for one division title and the opportunity to lose to the Bucs in the first round of the playoffs. And that's going to be – so, so not sure. Okay, well, I, I just don't see any, any of those teams winning. But 
Yeah, so you have the Washington football team at six and nine. They are first in the division. And right behind them with the same record at six and nine, you have the Cowboys, who the Cowboys are six and nine. I believe they were two and nine. So that's a four-game win, win streak for the Cowboys. They really launched themselves into this conversation. So that's pretty impressive on their part, especially yeah, considering they don't have the QB. Yeah, and then you have the Giants, who were five and six, I believe, and now they're five and ten. Or no, they were they were two and seven, and then they won three games, and then they were five and seven, and now they're five and ten. So it's been an up and down road for the for the Giants. But here's what's gonna happen: the the football team plays the Eagles, and if the football team wins, they're in they're in the playoffs. They get the spot because. They hold the they hold the tiebreaker over the Cowboys. It doesn't matter if the Cowboys win, because the football team has the tiebreaker. Now, if the football team loses, this is where it gets interesting because if the Cowboys win, they'll have the better record and they'll they'll take that spot. But if the Cowboys lose, that means the Giants won. So the Giants end up at six and ten, and the football team ends up at six and ten, and the Giants have the tiebreaker, I believe. So the Giants are in. So it's very it's very interesting. And basically, if the football team wins, they're in the uh, no, yes. If the football team wins, they're in the playoffs. If they lose, no matter what, they're out of the playoffs because whichever team wins, Cowboys or Giants, as Jackson's shaking his head, the Cowboys or Giants, one of them will be in that spot. So that's the that's the NFC going down for you and. Just to make a little prediction here, I believe that it's going to be the Rams and the Cardinals both taking the buy spot because I believe the the Bears are going to lose, so they're going to be eight and eight, and the Cardinals are going to win. They're going to be nine and seven, which means the Rams lose, so they're nine and seven. So I think that's how it's going to play out. And then I'm uh, the football team plays the Eagles, so. That's interesting. If they win, they're in. If they get Alex Smith back, they're going to win. Maybe. I don't know. Yes, yes. Let's assume, yes. I I would give them a 55% chance of winning that game. But um, let's just assume they lose, just to make just to make it more interesting. For I us. think the Cowboys would actually win against the Giants, and they would be in the playoff spot. Yes, it's very oh. interesting. But that is your NFC playoff picture. Now it's to Jackson for the AFC. Okay. The AFC is much simpler because we have three teams that have already clinched their divisions and one team, the Chiefs, that has already clinched the entire conference, right? So the Bills have clinched the, um, the AFC East division. The Chiefs, of course, have clinched um, the AFC, the entire AFC, in addition to their AFC West um, division. And the Steelers have clinched their AFC North division, right? So now, this is where it gets um, a little bit interesting because we actually have um, many teams at a 10 and five record, okay? Five. What? Five teams. Five yeah. teams to be exact. Yeah. So we have five teams at a 10 and five record, but only four spots to make the playoffs, okay? So this means that it is a very close race for a lot of these teams. Um, but it also means that the scenarios are pretty simple. Okay. So Baltimore, if they win their upcoming matchup against the Bengals, which they will, 
they're going to make the playoffs, right? So that's they're, they're kind of an automatic in, in my mind, okay? And there are a few other scenarios in which they would win. Um, basically, if anybody else, one of those other five, um, other four teams um, loses and they win, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. The point is they're going to make it um, because they are playing against the Bengals. So now – Ravens. What? The Ravens. Yes, yes. The Ravens are playing against the Bengals. Yes. So, now we have the Cleveland Browns. So, I was actually a little surprised that they ended up being tied with the Ravens because I actually consider the Browns a much better team. But it is what it is. And the Browns, believe it or not, actually have a tougher um, road to the playoffs because – than the Ravens because – one of the ways in which they can clinch a playoff berth is if they win against their upcoming matchup against the Steelers. Now, the Steelers, I know they've been in a slump, but the Steelers are one of the three teams to have already clinched the division. They're very, very good, and that's going to be tough for the Browns. They also had, mm-hmm. they also had an impressive come-from-behind come victory against the Colts. True, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, the Steelers are obviously, they're very, very good. Um, so the Browns will have their hand, hands full with that one. Can they win that one? Yes, of course. But it is not like, you know, the Ravens facing the Bengals. It's not a gimme by any means. Yeah. So that is going to be um, tough for the Browns. However, if the Indianapolis Colts lose their upcoming matchup against the Jaguars, which is not which going they... to happen, <laughs> then the Browns <laughs> – then the Browns will make the playoffs, okay? But obviously, that's not going to happen either, right? So now we have to um, look at this. Um, there are a lot of like really complicated scenarios here. I don't want to yeah. bore anybody. But basically, um, yeah, they all basically involve Cleveland tying, which is kind of unlikely. Um, yeah. Except for one, which is in which the Titans lose, the Miami Dolphins win or tie, and Baltimore wins or ties. Okay. Baltimore, will they win or tie? Yes, yes. of course. Um, now we look at the Dolphins again with their, another 10-5 and five team against the Bills. Will they win or tie? Oh, that'll be tough. And then we look at, um, we look at the Titans, yet another 10-5 and five team. And okay, they're playing the Texans, but they have that's pretty much a gimme. So that's the Cleveland Browns probably have the toughest road to the playoffs out of these five, ten, and five teams because they need Indiana to somehow lose to a really awful Jaguars team or for Cleveland to win against the Steelers, which could happen, but I wouldn't bet on it. That is going to be a big game for Cleveland, so make sure to watch that. A very high level football game. It is going to be a big one for Cleveland. So, Indiana, the Indianapolis, no, not Indiana, the Indianapolis Colts um, have a pretty strange road to the playoffs in terms of their scenarios. Um, so, um, should the, um, the Colts, basically, if the Colts win or tie, their upcoming matchup, they are going to um wait, 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 never mind. Um, if 
well, it, okay, basically Indianapolis has to win or tie their upcoming matchup in order to make the playoffs, right? Yeah. Um, now, if Tennessee loses or ties, um, no, if Tennessee loses and Indianapolis ties, okay, basically if Indianapolis wins and Tennessee loses or tie, ties, then Indianapolis clinches the AFC South division title. However, after that, it gets a little difficult because um, now we have, um, okay, this is going to be a little bit of an interesting, it's not really a matchup, but it will be kind of, like it's not like a technical matchup, but it'll be interesting to see because if Indianapolis wins and Cleveland loses or ties, then Indianapolis clinches their playoff berth, right? So yeah. that's kind of like the Colts and the Browns are kind of racing for a playoff spot right now a little bit because the Colts, they are not in control of their own destiny, right? If they win, they need other things to happen, such as Baltimore losing, Cleveland losing, or Miami losing, right? Miami losing, yeah, probably. Or Tennessee. Happen, but still, Indiana is it's, it's looking a little like the Browns. It's unsure. It's unsure going into um, this week. Now, we look at the Miami Dolphins. So, they're in a pretty good spot right now. If they win, or if Baltimore, Cleveland, or Indiana loses, they're in, right? So, that is, that's the easiest way for them to make the playoffs. Even if they lose their upcoming matchup, um, they, like, should Cleveland lose, which is a very big possibility, then Miami will end up um, in the playoffs. So, you know, they're kind of in, they are in control of their own destiny here. They, if they win, then great, they're in the playoffs. Then again, they also have some sure things to fall back on if they don't win, unlike um, the, ti- the uh, no, not the Titans, the Colts, yeah. So now finally, we have the Tennessee Titans. So um, they can win the South Division title against the Colts if they win the game or if Indiana Against the Texans. Yeah, or if they both tie. Okay, so that is probably what's going to happen. They're going to win. But they also have some other things to fall back on. If Baltimore loses or if Miami loses, then great. Um, they will be in the playoffs. So the Titans is looking pretty comfy for them. Um, the Dolphins is looking pretty good for them. The, the Colts and the Browns, they're the ones who are really competing for a spot. So make sure to tune into their games. It's going to be very interesting. Just remember this. If Cleveland wins, they're, they're in. in. If Indiana loses, they're out. In. Um, and if Indiana loses, they're out. So Indiana, Indianapolis has to win. And the um the Browns, if they win, it's out of Indianapolis. So basically, good luck to the Colts this week. But um, you know, they're gonna need it, I think, because yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be tough. They, yeah, yeah, pretty much the Colts don't control their own destiny. Uh-huh. It's, I mean, just looking at the matchups, the Ravens are going to beat the Bengals, yeah. the Colts are going to beat the Jaguars, and the Titans are going to beat the Texans. So, what it comes down to is, if the Dolphins can beat the Bills, and the Browns can somehow beat the Steelers, the Colts are out. If one of those two teams loses, 
the Dolphins or the Browns, then they're out. If they both lose, the Browns are out. So pretty much the Browns do control their own destiny, but if they don't win, they need the Colts to lose, pretty much. Because the Browns are – they don't have the tiebreaker against the Dolphins or the Ravens or the Titans. So if the Browns lose, they're pretty much out, assuming that the Colts are going to be Jaguars. Yeah. But, yeah, but basically – um, we went way too deep into that. Let's just say it's a very interesting, um, interesting landscape with a ton of possibilities. Um, yeah. So assuming there's nothing else we missed from the NFL, I believe it's time to move on to our NBA segment for today. Yes, it is. Okay. So NBA predictions, um, we're predicting individual achievements this time we have MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, the Leader in Points Per Game, the Rookie of the Year, the Most Improved Player, and of course, we're going to select our five people on the first team, on the first, on the All-NBA first team. Yeah. Okay, so. So, I feel like the big ticket item is the MVP. I don't think we should start with that. Okay. We can work our way up. I think. Start with Most Improved Player. Most improved player. Yes. Got it. Asher, would you like to kick us off here? Okay, I will. So, most improved player, we're looking at someone who has taken a big leap in their style of play. Now, we only have a, for some teams, a four-game sample size. For most teams, a three. For some, a two-game sample size. But, really, there's... There has been one player who has really stuck out to me as someone who is really in command of their offense, someone who wasn't really good on their other team, and now they're looking like they're going to be an all-star, and they've really taken that leap in the in the starting role. Um, this person, he's a great, uh, great driver. He's very lengthy and almost like Kevin Durant in a way, but... For most improved player, I'm going to take Brandon Ingram because so far, Brandon Ingram, he's been – He was good last year. He scored 25 points a game last year. I know, but he's – No. I think he's taking – I think he is going – was he an all-star last year? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I think he's going to take a leap. He's going to be – and I don't. I just think he's going to be in the conversation for a top ten player this year. Fair enough. Fair enough. Adam. So that's what I'm going to. I mean, he's averaging twenty seven points a game. He's well, he averaged like twenty four last year. But anyway, I think he's taking a leap. He's very, very good this year. Um, I don't know. It's only like a three game sample size, but I'm. I'm just going to do. It. I'm taking Brandon Ingram for most improved player. Okay. Um, I'm glad to know you think that Brandon Ingram is going to sustain his uh. His three-point leap. But anyway, um, you know, scoring three more points per game. But anyway, so... I did not know he averaged that many points. Okay, but. so what I'm looking at when uh, when I'm looking at a most improved player is it's very rare and hard to predict a player, like, who averaged, you know, three points per game one year, and then the next year he's averaging 20. Like, that does happen. Yeah. But it usually doesn't, right? So... What I'm going to be looking at is a player who averaged, like, I know I shouldn't just look at points per game. I know that. 
But then again, that is a pretty good indicator of the level somebody is at, unless they are like really remarkable and like, you know, rebound or assist. It's like, whatever. It's a product of their play style or like, you know, like the system that they play on or whatever. So it's a, it's a, it's going to be a tough choice. Also with, um, most improved player, you have to make sure they weren't good in the past, you know? Cause like, if they're like somebody who was really good in the past, but then they end up like, I, I don't know. It's just, I, I don't know. Like if it's a guy, for instance, like Kevin Durant, who was really good and then he got injured. Um, then it's like, it's not really like, like if you think he's going to be really good this year, it's not really like a most improved player thing. Cause you know, he was really good before, but um. Anyway, moving on to who I think is going to be most improved player. I think that the person who has a really good shot at being a very, very good player this year um, and who was also a solid player last year, but, you know, he wasn't, like, incredible. Um, I think that it's going to have to be Shea Gilgis Alexander. So Shea Gilgis Alexander, he plays for the Thunder. Um, probably most of you have heard of him. He yeah. is, yeah, he's a good player. Just a really good player. He's like, I don't know, it's hard to describe his play style. It's, it's, it's interesting. He's, he's not like the fastest guy. He's not the quickest guy, but he still manages to find a way to uh, get to the rim consistently. He has very good moves, and he's showing off an improved jump shot, which is kind of the only hole in his game last um, last year. Um, so if he can sustain this jump shot, he's going to do really well. He averaged 19 points a game last season. Okay, so, you know, good but not remarkable. Um, by the way, it's crazy because 19 points a game in the 80s would have been really, really good, and now it's just like, eh. But, you yeah. know, just goes to show how much the NBA has been, you know, points have been inflated. But anyway... Thus far, he is averaging 23.5 points per game, which, you know, it's a pretty solid increase, definitely. You might be thinking, oh, well, it's only, you know, four and a half points per game, but he broke the 20-point-per-game mark, right? And that is actually, like, pretty, like, that, that's, like, saying a lot because 20 points per game, in my opinion, that's, like, okay, you're a real, like, actual, like, really good score, you know? But anyway, um, he's not playing with Chris Paul, so that means he gets to be more ball-dominant. But also, he just looks better this year. Like, if you watch him play, he plays with more confidence. He just seems to control the game more. And he seems like he's going to have more of a positive impact on this team. Last year, I feel like he was more supplementary. This year, he's the top dog on his team. And I think that um, that is going to help his case a lot in the most improved player. But then again... I really would not be at all surprised if, um, oh yeah, by the way, the Thunder are one-on-one. So, you know, you can't really tell anything from that, but he did yeah. the buzzer beater to win one of those games. So that's, that's good. <laughs> um, and you know, he's, he, he's, he could, if he could carry the Thunder to like a 0.50 record or something around there, that would be really, really impressive because the Thunder are awful besides him. Yeah. So if that is the case, I'm going to bet he's going to win most approved player. But then again, this is a hard one to choose because there's, there might, there's always the potential for that guy to go from like 10 points a game to 25, you know, and you just don't know yeah. who it is. So 
I wouldn't be surprised at all if Shea Gildas Alexander didn't win the most improved player, but I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't somewhere in the top five or something like that. So that is um that is my take on most improved player. I think it's gonna be Shea Gildas Alexander. Um, I'm really rooting for him. I think he's a hard worker and it shows because he just gets better every year, gets more skilled every year. Um, so yeah. Okay, yeah. Let's hope that your player can sustain his four point per game increase from last year. Yeah. But actually, you have enlightened me because Brandon Ingram was also very, very good last year. So um, when you were elaborating on why SGI deserves most improved player, I picked out who's actually going to be the most improved player. And that oh, would be okay. one Christian Wood, who was on the Detroit Pistons and now he's on the Houston Rockets. Look, I only saw one game, but Christian Wood looked like he was he was working very, very well with James Harden. It was he can shoot a three. He can um he's just very he's a very dynamic player and paired with James Harden, I think he can do a lot of damage. Um it's only been two games, but he's averaging twenty seven points per game. That's, yeah, far, that's a lot more than I mean, I didn't actually see what he was averaging last game last year, but he was averaging thirteen. Thirteen, yeah. yeah. He wasn't even in the, like the top hundred players in the in the league. Oh, no. And now he's and now he's top ten. So yeah. I I think Christian Wood is a very, very um very good candidate for most improved yeah. player. I mean, new team, new Agreed. system. Yeah. Uh, James Harden, that could really help. I think, uh, yeah, Christian Wood. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I think he has a very good – if he sustains this, yeah, definitely. Um, question, yeah. Will he sustain it? I don't know. But if he averages 20-plus points a game, I think he's going to get rookie of the year. Like, even if he yeah. goes down, like, six points. Most improved player. Yeah, 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 my bad. Most, um, yeah. But speaking of rookie of the year – Yeah. Oh, wait, let me just say Can we move on – Okay. Say something? The crazy thing is, um, most of the time, the most improved player is like, you know, a second year player going into his third year or even like a rookie going into his second year. But Christian Wood has actually been playing since the 2015 to 16 season. Oh, wow. So, yeah, really? this is his fifth season. That, that's that's kind of rare. You usually don't see – usually, um, like, it's not too rare to see a guy gradually increase, but he was going 3.6, 2.7, 8.2. 13.1, and then all of a sudden this big jump. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. So I mean, he's also in a new rare. new system, new team. Yes. That can help him. Yeah. Houston, very, Houston a, has a very different style of play than Cleveland does. Exactly. He's a tall guy no, not Cleveland, who can shoot, tall. and now he has the green light to shoot. So, you know, yeah. he's no longer just, like, in the post. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, but speaking of Rookie of the Year, I think it's time that we just – we go Rookie of the Year, who's going to win? So, Jackson, you're up first. Okay, this one I actually am pretty confident about. I think that James Wiseman is going to win Rookie of the Year. Now, James Wiseman, I think, has the potential to be the next, like, the best center in the NBA, even, like, as soon as, like, next season. I'm not kidding. He is really, really good. Um, James Wiseman, he, um, so... Nobody really knew what to think of him because he was like, like, banned from the NCAA three games into the season last year due to um like his college coach was also his high school coach. 
And before his high school coach even knew he was going to become a college coach, he did a favor to James and bought him a gift. And then he became a college coach well after that happened, but it still counted as an NCAA violation. So kind of like unfortunate for him there, but still. So, so far, um, he is averaging 14.7 points per game, but that is due in part to the fact that he just had a bad game, a seven-point game the other um, the two nights ago. He got 18 and 19 in his first two games. So I expect him to be at a higher level. I expect him to be at like high teens in terms of points per game. Um, and he is just really, really good. He is um, also averaging a little over a block per game, which is actually very impressive for a rookie. He's averaging a steal per game, which is surprising to say the least for a center. And I want him to get his rebounds up a little bit because, you know, he is a center and he should be averaging, you know, a little more than, uh, than five rebounds per game. Like he should probably be doubling that actually. But then again, he's just a rookie. So um, that kind of accounts for it. I think he should get a little more active under the glass, but he is really, really good apart from that. He is like the, like, kind of like the typical modern NBA center. He can shoot the three. He is incredibly agile. Like, I, I'll bet you he didn't actually go to the combine, but I'll bet you he probably has like, he's like, you know, seven one, well above 200 pounds. I'll bet you he has like, uh, 36 inch vertical, which is very impressive. He could, if he can get that vertical up, he could be like the second coming of Dwight Howard. Like that's his potential. He could, because his playing style is a lot like it. He catches lobs, but he could be like Dwight Howard, but he can also step up for a three. So I step out for, for a three. So I think he's going to be a very, very good player. Um, and I'm rooting for him to get rookie of the year. As for his competition, say his main competition is the, um, so, you know, Anthony Edwards, he's looking good too, but he's a shooting guard and, you know, James Wiseman can kind of get through his rookie season just because he's really tall. You know, it's easier for tall players to yeah. progress to the NBA than shooting guards. Um, I think James Wiseman also has a very bright future, though. Then there's LaMelo. You know, I don't like LaMelo. He looks, his play style is cool. It's fun to watch. You know, he's going to end up, I think he's going to end up an all star. I don't think he's going to no. end up being super good. He's like, oh, you mean his career? Yes. He's like, he needs to learn how to like create his own offense more right now. Like he puts the ball on the floor and he dribbles, but when he does it, he doesn't even have any moves. Like this is actually yeah. fun fact, how I used to play basketball. I just do through the legs, has through the legs, has through the legs, has over and over again, hoping for some reason that, you know, somebody would bite for it and nobody did. That's kind of what LaMelo does. He doesn't really have any moves. Um, but, th and that's supposed to be his thing. So he has to improve on that a little bit, but, um, Apart from that, yeah, James Wiseman is just a really good player. I think he's um, outshining his competition right now. And, yeah, he's just going to be really good. Okay, yeah, so you mentioned Anthony Edwards. Look, he was the number one overall pick. High expectations. I mean, I'm just going to pick him because he's amazing. Um, he's just so explosive. And, I mean, look, he's averaging 16 points per game on 25 minutes per game. And yeah, that's pretty impressive. I think, you know, with rookies, I mean – one, there's like, there's like, you don't want to get them injured and you want to like slowly get them in. But I think just his, his playing time is going to go up, up, up over the season. I think towards the end, he'll average like 30, 30 plus minutes a game. He'll be a starter. 
and he can score. He's just very explosive off the ball. And yeah, I mean, what else is there to say? He's just very, very good. I think he's like the favorite to win, which I don't know. I just think he will win because he's very, very good. I mean, he was picked number one overall for a reason. So, yeah, most you know. number one pick over, most number one overall picks are. But yeah, yeah, Anthony Edwards is really good. Um, you know, uh, if he if he can, I don't know. Uh, like like this isn't for his rookie season. He could end up being like really good, like top shooting guard in the league if he gets a yeah. three point shot. If he gets a three point shot, he's gonna be really good. Um, but yeah, that that remains to be seen. But yeah, he's 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 a really good player. So now. Moving on to the next um, one, we have defensive player of the year. Yes. Yeah. So. Okay, so what do you think? Um, okay. So defensive player of the year, I have three options in mind, and. But then you're gonna have to choose one. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna have to choose one, and it's between Kawhi Leonard, okay. Giannis, yeah, and Rudy Gobert. Okay. Fair enough. And I, I mean, Giannis won it last year. He's a very, very good defensive player just because he's like seven, whatever he is, and he's very lanky and he can and he's fast. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just he's fast and he's agile and he's a complete package. And then you get Kawhi Leonard, who's just like a total monster on defense. He knows where the ball is going. He's he plays the game very, very smartly. And then you have Rudy Gobert. Like Giannis, but he's just a different type of player. He's more about like blocks and rebounds and stuff like that. But yeah, he's um, yes, he's a, he's the guy that guards the center, and Giannis, he can guard he can guard the guards. And yeah. then, yeah, so defensive defensive player of the year is always really tough because I don't know. It's hmm. I think I think I'm gonna take Kawhi because he's just. Assuming he stays healthy and they don't load manage him too much, I think Kawhi yeah, is just. I don't like about him, but yeah. Go yeah, on. that that's the one issue. That that is an issue. If that if that's not, that's the issue. If it's if it's a, yeah, I don't know. They already rest rested him for like one game. Yeah, I I just that's, don't see him being able to. I I I hate how people do that. It's like, come on. Yeah. It, if you I mean, can't do what every single other NBA player is doing, like that's that's giving yourself an unfair advantage. It's not supposed to be like that. It's not supposed to be like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm gonna, yeah. So I'm gonna end. Up, I'm just gonna take Giannis because he's yeah. look. He won it last year. He won it for a reason. He's he's. I said it before. He's agile. He's fast. He's strong. He's tall. He's he's he can do everything. He can guard the big. He can guard the guards. He can guard. You know. He can get a lot of blocks. He does. He gets steals. He gets re- – yeah, I'm just going to take yeah. you on this. Yeah, okay. So, I have a few players in mind as well. Rudy Gobert is obviously an option. Giannis. Um, I'm not going to say Kawhi because um, – Load management. Yes, but also it's like the best defensive player doesn't necessarily always win defensive player of the year, you know? Yeah. Everybody already knows Kawhi Leonard is a really, really good defensive player. So, it's not quote-unquote fun for the media to vote in him as defensive player of the year. You know, it just seems kind of redundant. That's why it's stupid. I know, but I wouldn't predict him to win. Um, um, yeah. So we have, we have Giannis, we have Rudy Gobert and 
there, Bam and Abayo and Ben Simmons, I think, are also a little bit there. Yeah, I was going to say Ben Simmons is a is a chance. Yeah, he's good. Um, I think I'm actually going to have to go with Ben Simmons on this one. Rudy Gobert has already won it, I think, twice. Yeah, he's have, won it twice. Yeah. Giannis. Giannis, in my opinion, is in the NBA. He's crazy. Just, like, absolutely freak athlete. He's, like, I, I don't even know. He's just, like. I would put him second. He's probably if I if I were to bet you if all the if, like every single NBA player were to run like a forty yard dash or something, Giannis would smoke them all. Like I'm I'm not kidding. He's so so fast. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, he's he's just a freak athlete, and I think he is the best defender in the NBA. But due to voter fatigue, like after you vote somebody in twice in a row, it's kind of boring to vote him in again. You know. So I think the voters are going to be looking yeah. for somebody new. Now there's this Bam and Abayo and Ben Simmons. Now, I think that Ben Simmons is actually a better defender than Bam Adebayo. I think he's a little more um, versatile, though they're both very versatile. Bam Adebayo can step out and guard guards. I think Ben Simmons does that a little better. Um, and while Bam Adebayo is a better rim protector, Ben Simmons is um, – and Bam Adebayo isn't the best rim protector. Like, he, he gets, like, one block per game. So, okay, he's fine. Which, but, is, which is pretty impressive. It's, yeah, it's pretty good. But, you know, it's not, it's not great. So, um. So he, he's good, but I'm going to have to go with Ben Simmons on this one. I think that even though he's slightly worse at the rim, he's not guarding centers. He's a point guard. He plays point guard. And he's more of a yeah. lockdown defender, I think. Um, like, he gets, like, almost two steals a game, which is good. But um, even apart from that, he's one of those guys who wears, like, the stats don't show how good he is at defense. Because some guys, they might not be just going for steals all the time. They might not have the most active hands but they stay in front of their player and they ensure that their player doesn't score a lot of points. You know, that's what defense is. So, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if there's an actual stat for this, but if there were some sort of stat, it's like average points per game. Like if there's like a plus minus of like how many points your opponent scores on average and then how much they scored against you. And then you can pile for the whole season. If there was a stat like that, Ben Simmons would be one of the top in the NBA. So, Oh, definitely. Yeah. So, in my opinion, that's the true measure of defense. That should be the main stat, but whatever. It's not. But anyway, I'm going to take Ben Simmons with this one because he's a very, very good defender, and he hasn't won before. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's move on. I think um, – look, we have two categories left and then, like, the sort of, like, team one with first-team All-NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just go points per game leader. Now, Jackson, you're up first. Okay. Um, this one's kind of obvious. I'm going to take James Harden. Now, unless, this is actually interesting. Okay, James Harden, obviously, if he stays healthy, yes. But James Harden actually had some issues with not following the COVID restrictions that the NBA put forth. Yeah. Which could be. No, we're going points points per game, not total points. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with James Harden. Um, you know, okay. I hate how he plays. I think that he's not one of the best players in the NBA. And anybody who ball hogged and as much as him, like any any top 10 player in the uh, – I'll name a few guys right now. LeBron, Kevin Durant, Giannis. Um, Kyrie. Um, just a lot of guys. You know, like Trey Young, Damian Lillard, blah, 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 blah. Um, basically, anybody – like who's like a top 20 player in the NBA could be putting up the same numbers that he does. 
They're just more, they just care about their team. And James Harden doesn't. Yeah. So there's a reason why the issue isn't Russell Westbrook. That's what people are saying. Everyone's like, oh, Russell Westbrook saw us because he couldn't play on the rocks. No, the issue is James Harden. James Harden, there was no, there was a significant decrease in Russell Westbrook's stats. James and James Harden, Harden, there was just, it just stayed the same, you know? So James yeah. Harden doesn't win, but he puts up points. Um, that is a mentality thing. That is a decision that he makes. So he's going to win point per game, points per game leader. But I, I'm also going to add in something. If there's somebody who, let's, let's take James Harden out of the equation for a second and only count players who are actually, you know, playing how you're supposed to play. Um, well, I think, okay. Okay. I would, um, I would bet that Giannis, that Giannis uh, wins the points per game thing. Okay. That's fair. 29 and a half points per game last year, only getting better. Um, there are only a few guys who average more than him, like such as Bradley Beal, but he's getting a new, uh, he's getting Russell Westbrook on his team. So his point total is going to go down a little bit. Damian Lillard would give him a run for his money, but, and Luka Doncic, who knows, who knows what he can do. Averaged almost 29 points a game last year in only a second year. So who knows what's going to happen this year, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay. So you're going to go James Harden, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take someone different, including James Harden in the picks. Okay. I'm gonna okay, now James Harden this year so far, only two games, he's averaging thirty-nine points a game. Oh my god. Yeah. Um and the the other one, I think he had like thirty-four in the third quarter and then he just like stopped shooting or something like that. I don't know. Oh, okay. Anyway, James Harden is shooting almost fifty-eight percent 58% field goal percentage and he's shooting a ridiculous 50% three-point percentage right now mm-hmm. 50% he's making 50% of his three-point shots last season he still was amazing from three-point land he shot 35 and a half percent in his in his three-point well, shots well let me just interject for a second yeah this is what you have to think about if the three-point percentage goes down or the field goal percentage goes down, is it the points per game percentage that goes down or the shots taken that goes up? See what I mean? He might have started taking yes. more shots. No, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just – well, he shot uh, – he's, he's actually gone down in his field goal attempts, and yet he's gone up in his points per game. Yes, because, well, that's because of his incre- insane field goal percentage. Whatever, yes. Whatever. No. Here's what I'm saying. It's gonna regress back down to, to the mean. He's only. It's been two games. Maybe he he was like he dropped 44 in his first game, and that was probably just an insane game. Um, but I'm gonna go with someone who. I'm okay. I'll just say I'm gonna go with Trey Young because he is so good open and. Just like he's very, he's he's pretty, he's very athletic. You can't you can't deny that. No, he's not. And he's quick. Yes, he he's okay. yeah, that's what I mean. That's I, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, he that's what I mean. Athletic freak, but yeah, he's he's sure. pretty. Yeah, no, he's he's pretty athletic. He's this is his combination. He can dribble the ball very very well, and he's very very quick. So he gets open all the time. Combine that with a pretty good shot, and he's already averaging thirty four points a game. Yeah. Now. He's gonna. He might go down a little bit, but I just think he's gonna. He's gonna. He's unstoppable. 
so I think he's going to probably win in the points per game category. Okay. Yeah. The question is, will he in later in his career will be he become more of a Steph Curry or a James Harden? You know. But oh, probably James Harden. Yeah. But anyway, um, moving on. Do you want to go to first team All NBA or MVP first? Let's just go through the first team All NBA. All right. Um, point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So, um, do you want me to go first? Sure. Okay. Um, now, keep in mind, this isn't necessarily who I think are the best players. These are the players who I think are going to get voted in, okay? But, um... I think you should just say who you think is the best. Who, who I think is the best player? Okay. Yes. Who you okay. think is the best player in each position. All right. Um, point guard, Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic is really, really good. He can score. He can get... He almost averaged a triple-double last year. And it's oh, not yeah. a Westbrook triple-double. He was playing on a decent team. In a second year, you know? So, he's just super, super good. Sky's the limit for him. He could go down as, like, a top 10 player of all time. Who knows? Uh, I'm not saying yeah. that's going to happen, but he's very, very good. In his third season, he's only going to get better. Um, now, shooting guard. I'm going to take um, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell um, is a lot like Luka Doncic uh, in that he's a young player who um, – is already showing um, that he's very, very good. He's just like, I feel like he's the next, he's the next Kobe, you know? He, um, he. That, uh, I don't know. Well, no. I this think that may be a little bit. As in, as in, okay, I know, okay. Kobe is obviously, you know, he's a very good, great player. Um, But, you know, I, in my opinion, it kind of went, Michael Jordan was obviously best shooting guard of all time, best player of all time. Then Allen Iverson, not a point guard, by the way, he was a shooting guard was really good after that. Then after that, it was Dwayne Wade for a little bit, then Kobe. Um, oh, no. Definitely yes, not. Yes, Kobe was Dwayne Wade for like a year, like 2005 to six, better than Kobe. Then the no. next season, yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, no, that actually was Kobe's crazy scoring explosion, but he was yes. playing on an awful team. So, it, it, you, have, you have to take it with a grain of salt. Their starting, okay. point guard, their starting point guard walked onto the team. He showed up to training okay. camp one day, <laughs> and they are like, sure. okay. Come on to the team. But anyway, um, whatever. That's besides the point. Um, but he, I, I feel like he's the next – say next Allen Iverson if you want to. I don't really care. Um, sure. But he's, the, he's just like a really, really, really good scorer who has the potential to have like 50 points on any given night. But have it be – not like a James Harden 50 points, but like a 50 yeah. points that helps his team. So really, really good. Just yeah, he's he's gonna get even better this year. Um, I think he's just a, a really great player. He's one of my favorite players. Um, now moving on to small forward. Um, now I guess I'll count Giannis as a power forward for the sake of yeah, he's the power forward center. Yeah. Okay. So we'll call we'll call Giannis a power forward. In that case, I'm gonna take. I'm actually gonna take Jason Tatum for this one. I think Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is okay. so good. He averaged 23 sure. points last year. Um, yeah, Jason Tatum is a really good player. So Jason Tatum is kind of like another Kevin Durant. He's actually 6'10 now, fun fact, um, is what people say. Um, he grew a little bit. So he's just a tall, lengthy player who can score at all three levels. You know, he can sh- shoot the three, obviously. He can... Um, I think this is where he's strongest. He can get separation for a mid-range jump shot and consistently shoot it. That's that's honestly 
all the great scores, that was their basically almost all great scores. Their bread and butter is the mid range jump shot. You know, you have to have that unless you're center, unless you're you're a big. You have to have be able to create space for a mid range jump shot. And Jason Tatum is very good at doing that. Um, he's just a very very good scorer. And um, not only that, but he gets rebounds too. He's averaging almost nine rebounds per game this season thus far. He averaged seven point rebounds per game, so it's not just a fluke in these first three games. So he's a good player. Um, and also his team wins. Um, the Celtics are going to be a very, very good team this year. So um, I the re- main reason I'm voting him at small forward is because um, his real competition is Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard. But um, I'm just going to say he's going to take their spot just because, I don't know, both of them are playing on very good teams with big superstars. Um, other big superstars on the team, Jason Tatum, not so much. He's playing with other really good players, but I wouldn't say he has a massive, another massive superstar on his team. So I'm going to take him at small forward. Then a power forward, to be honest, there's no need to explain there. Yeah. Um, finally, um, at center, this is a tough one. Um, it's actually going between a few players for me. Um, obviously, Anthony Davis is um, in contention, but whether yeah. or not he's a power forward or center is a little unclear. But I think he's not, I, there are a lot of power forward slash centers nowadays. So yeah. Well, so okay. he's Anthony, listed also as a center. Yeah. Okay. Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic. He's, um, yeah, either. Yeah, Joel Embiid. Um, Joel Embiid at this moment, given what he did last season, no. But if he gets better, he could um, be good. Trust the process. Just a bonus. He's a power forward. He's listed as a power forward. Yeah, I guess you can't really put him at center if he's listed as a power forward. I don't really consider him a power forward. I consider him a center. But whatever. I think in today's NBA, power forward is a guy who can also shoot a three. And I don't think DeMondis is going to shoot a three. So, But whatever. Um, Yeah, you either have the power forward is more like like a small forward. Or you have the power forward as a center. Like I think there's no true power forward. Power forward is a stupid position. You look at yeah. all the great power forwards, right? Yeah, like Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan, Karl Malone. Um, Karl Malone, Malone like was the only. Karl Malone actually was kind of a true power forward. He, he was a center. No, no, you'd, you'd be surprised. He never. He didn't post up. He wasn't a post up guy. He was a oh. pick and roll guy. Yeah, well, range guy, but he never shot threes. Never ever shot threes, and he usually didn't post up. So. Maybe a little more on the center side, but he was actually a true power forward. But there have been very little true power forwards in the NBA. So yes. Also, like Dirk Nowitzki was a pretty good power, pretty true power forward. But he was more, time. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, so yeah, there are some, but it's in like this this year, not really. But anyway, yeah, I think power forward is about your height. You're either yeah, you're either a tall shooter or you're a shorter short, side short post, big post up guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Usually that's the case. Power forward, I think you either have a team that is like like the Lakers last year, where Anthony Davis was listed as power forward, Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee was listed as center, yeah. but Anthony Davis was also like the center. Yeah, yeah. Either, shoot, but either, I think he plays yeah. more like a center. Either you have like two bigs who are like interchangeable, basically. Yeah. Or you have like one big and you go small ball, you know? Yes, that's exactly. what happens. Yeah. So in today's NBA, it used to be where you'd have two bigs and then a forward, but that doesn't happen anymore, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, like now the forwards are more like what shooting guards used to be. But anyway. Um, so you were on center. Yeah. So this is a tough one. 
I would put Rudy Gobert there too, but he'd have to really step it up on offense. Just, just a side note. Um, so I, I used to really like Nikola Jokic, but then I realized his stats aren't great. He's, he's good. He gets double teamed all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Almost 20 points a game, almost 10 rebounds per game, seven assists per game. His main calling is a passer. Is this as a passer? He's a very good passer for a center. That's what everybody says. He also plays in an offense that is very much a ball movement offense, you know? Whereas yeah. with Joel Embiid, it's dump it down low to him. And with Anthony Davis, it's throw up a lob to him. For Nikola Jokic, it's like give it to him or like like run a like not 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 even run a play. It's like just get the ball moving around. And when he gets it, he won't necessarily be in. A position they like you're not you're not never sure what he's gonna do he could post up he's not catching any lobs that's not happening yeah but he could very well pass it out of the high post or kick it out to a shooter that happens all the time so um i don't know i think that um joel Embiid at this point present moment is not good enough if he improved he could but i don't trust his work ethic i don't think he's a very hard worker so i think he could become a center the best center in the league but he's not right now so now it's between Nikola, yeah. Now it's be- between Nikola Jokic and Anthony Davis, and this is a really tough one because, um, I think that I'm gonna have to take Nikola Jokic on this one because he did play well in the bubble last e- last season. Of course, Anthony Davis did too, but I think he's just a little bit more of a multi-dimensional player. Um, Anthony Davis is a little more of a scorer, but Nikola Jokic is such a good passer. It really changes. Yeah, he's a good passer. Yeah, it changes the game when you can have, when you can run like a motion, but not just passing along the three-point line, where you can have penetration passes as part of your motion. Like that's why the Nuggets are so good. So I mean, I'm going to take him, but yeah. it's very close between him and Anthony Davis. It's pretty, pretty much a toss-up. Okay, yeah. So now it's my turn. Um, I'll just recency, I'll go to the center. I arrived at the same conclusion. Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic. I had um, Joel Embiid sort of in the conversation, but eh, I don't think so. Um, yeah, so basically Anthony Davis or Nikola Jokic. And one, I like Anthony, I thought Anthony Davis was better even when he wasn't on the Lakers. And I'm a Lakers fan, so this gives me even more reason to take Anthony Davis. And so I'm going to take him. And then um, power forward, like Jackson said, Giannis, he was the, he's the two-time reigning MVP. He just, like, really – he won MVP, right? Yeah. Last couple of years? Yeah. yeah. So, Anthony, so Giannis, definitely. Small forward, I'm surprised you took Jason Tatum because I think there's one clear guy here, and Kevin, that's Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I know he missed last season with, with the, the ACL. No, Achilles. Right? Didn't he tear his Achilles? Um, yeah, yeah. He tore his well, yeah. So he, he tore his hamstring at first in the playoffs. And yeah, but no, in the finals. The finals. Achilles, so yeah. Yes. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, so Kevin Durant, definitely. Shooting guard, you could say Donovan Mitchell, but it's James Harden. I mean, I'm sorry, it's James Harden. He's just unstoppable. No one has an yeah, answer. It's, it's his mindset. In yeah, my- I mean, I don't know. I I I just think just looking just based on ha- on his numbers and how he plays and how he scores, 
he's just truly unstoppable. He's probably the best player in the league right now. So he's my he's my shooting guard. But it's like okay, fair. Uh, let, let me just interject for a second. Does he have yeah. the potential to be the best player? Could he be the best player in the league right now? I think he is the best player. No, in the league right no, now. Giannis, Giannis, no, Giannis is better. But I don't think so. Yes, Giannis is just like no, no, no. Giannis, Giannis is just like out of this world, crazy. Like uh, he's, he's not a player who's one of the strongest players in the league. Who's also probably the fastest. He's like Will Chamberlain. He's like a Will Chamberlain. That, that's what he's like. Okay, okay. yeah, you can, you can, you can say Giannis is best. I think it's James Harden. Okay, whatever. But, okay. Yes, but, but then, the but is, you can you can make the argument that he's not better than Donovan Mitchell. No, the point is, could he be the best? Yes, but yes. I think a player should be judged on the way a player should be judged is how good his impact on his team is, and I, I think, think that impact on his team. James Harden's impact on the team is not that great because he's such a ball. That that's just my opinion. Whatever. Okay, I I would I would argue the opposite, but anyway, um. Point guard, I have, I have three players that I can't decide. You have Luka Doncic, you have Kyrie Irving, no. and and Russell Westbrook. And okay. Russ, oh, yeah. Russell Westbrook is a stat machine. He's he's played two games. He has had two triple-doubles. I think he'll average a triple-double this season like he did a couple years ago. He's he's unstoppable. He gets rebounds, assists, point. He's the whole package. Um his only problem is his rest days. He's resting on back-to-backs, which, I mean, I get, kind of. And then you have uh, Luka Doncic, Russell Westbrook. He's resting on back-to-backs. Yeah. Why? Or some of them. Occasionally. I don't know. That's. I hate it when that happens. Yeah, I know. It's annoying. <laughs> I have him in fantasy, and it's annoying how he's just out. Well, he's only been out one game, but, but still. Anyway, um... Yeah, so you have Luka Doncic, who's one of the best scorers in the league. You have, and then you have Kyrie Irving, who's very, very, very good. I think maybe the best player out of the three of them, just the way he plays, his style of basketball. But I'm just gonna go Luka Doncic. I think he's he helps his team out more than Kyrie Irving or Russell Westbrook does. Exactly. So that's why I'm taking Luka Doncic. So yeah, so those are our first team All NBAs. Um, we have the most improved player, Christian Wood, SGI, uh, rookie of the year. I took Anthony Edwards, Jackson took James Weissman. Um, and then points per game, it was Trey Young, it was James Harden, defensive player of the year, Giannis, whatever, uh, and then Ben Simmons. And now it is time for the big ticket item, MVP, Jackson, you're up first. Okay, quick confirmation, Ashley. Should we say who we think should be the MVP or who will be the MVP? Kind of want to say who will be the MVP. I'll say both. Okay, who should? No, I think who who should be the MVP. Okay, well, okay, I'll, I'll just say both for the sake of because you know it's it's a prediction on the other hand, you know. So, okay, but anyway, yes, Giannis should be the MVP. Giannis is just like super, like he's my he's my favorite player, but he's just like he's absolutely insane. He, he his stats show that he's really good. Twenty nine and a half points per game, thirteen and a half rebounds per game, five and a half assists per game last year, right? Um, fun fact, Larry Bird is the only player to ever average 20, 10, and 5 for his career. Giannis could be the second player to be that because these stats are just blowing that out of the yeah. ball. Yeah, the assist per game is what changes it because you have some centers who are who have averaged that. Like, those seem like Shaq-like numbers because he didn't have the assists. See what I mean? So, mm-hmm. it's because Giannis is more of a perimeter player. So, he is um, 
Giannis is just a really, really good player. Um, he's just dominant. He's like he's like a Shaq who plays from the three-point line. If Giannis ever gets a shot, like an actual three-point shot, he could end up being the best player of all time. I'm not kidding. He has the potential to do that. But it's not looking good right now. So then again, you, yeah. the same argument could be said with a lot of other players, you know? Like if – yeah. Um, I actually well, really have a great if Shaq game. was a lights out three point shooter, yeah, he'd exactly. be the best player ever. Exactly. If Stephen Curry, if Steph, if Steph Curry was the strongest player in the NBA, he'd be the best player ever. But you know, he's not. Well, um, yeah. It's just it's too much to ask sometimes. If Kyrie know? Irving was the best player in the NBA, he would be the best player in the NBA. Pretty much. That's what you're saying. Uh, pretty much. Yes. 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 Yeah. 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 Good point. Good anyway, point. go on. But yeah. anyway, so. Giannis um, is just really, really good. He can do everything. He's dominant. Nobody can stop him. Um, he's also a team-first player, which I like. Um, he, like, I know his team hasn't been able to advance past the playoffs. That is in part due to the fact that they're playing a very good Raptors team um, two years ago, who ended up winning the championships. Who, yeah, they were just or Giannis is good. not a champion. What? Giannis is a regular season player. He's not like a playoff. True. Like, he's not, well, well, he's not a champion. See that. Last season was a little concerning, but Jimmy Butler was going crazy. So there's only so much you can do about that, especially when the second best player on your team is only Chris Middleton, you know? So, um, Still an all-star. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, he's good. But, like, there's some – The average team – touched a basketball in two months um, during quarantine or something crazy like that. So wasn't putting in the work in quarantine. But anyway – um. You know, um, Giannis, yeah, he, he, I think he still has the opportunity at the young age of 26 to prove that he actually is a playoff player. I'm rooting for him, but, you know, as Asher said, MVP isn't for playoffs, it's for regular season. So he should win. Who will win, in my opinion, is Damian Lillard. Because Damian Lillard has consistently, I know you laugh, Asher, you may scoff right now, but... I'm okay. actually questioning why I didn't put him as the number one point guard. I mean, Luka Doncic, yeah, but he should really be the second best, definitely, because he averaged 38 points per game last season, four rebounds per game, and eight assists per game. Like, Wait, 38? No, he didn't. No, no, 30. 30. Oh, th- I thought you said 38. Oh, uh, no, no, no. No, he is, like, these numbers are almost on Giannis's level, but the thing is, he hasn't won an MVP yet. This is, he... Um, was third. He is thirty right now. This is the absolute prime of his career, and if he stays, even stays at this level, I feel like the voters are gonna be like, okay, Giannis. Yes, he's really good, but he's already won two MVPs in a row. Who's somebody we can throw in to mix it up? And the answer, who hasn't won it yet, and who, where it's like it's now or never. And the answer is Damian Lillard. He has the best numbers in the league besides James Harden. James Harden has already won an MVP, though. Um, and Luka Doncic. But Luka Doncic has a lot of years ahead of him to win MVPs. But Damian Lillard, time is running out for him. He's 30 years old. But he's a, he has very dominant numbers. And I feel like he's going – I have a feeling that he's going to end up being the MVP. But, yeah, that's my opinion. Okay. Yeah, so you, you say Giannis should win it. Damian Lillard will win it. Yeah. I have someone who should win it and will win it okay. this year. And it is not either of those players. Now, yeah. you have clearly expressed your opinion with this player, 
with our other categories. Oh my god. Um, I'm sorry, I have to do this. Just, I mean, he is the best. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, you can't. James Harden is just so dominant. It's just, so it's bad. just, James it's Harden a whole sucks. other level. No, it's, no. No one can guard his game. And that is the dual threat of the drive and the three pointer and the drawing the free throws and what looks like a travel, but it's actually not a travel. And it just. It's not a travel in the NBA. <laughs> not. Well, I'll put it this way. I'll put it this where way. Where would it be a travel then? The NBA is. I don't no, know. because I mean, NBA, NBA, NBA is ridiculous. Um, it would be a travel in college, probably. But then again, I will say this. I will say this. Other NBA players do the same moves as him and don't get called, get called for travels. So no yeah. knock on him because yeah, no knock on him. But it is a travel. But other NBA players do it too. So you can't knock it on. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jackson. I know it's only been two games, but you don't say to someone who has averaged 40, <laughs> 12, and five with a player efficiency rating of forty-one. That is crazy. Say <laughs> you're not an MVP caliber player. If he, but the, the, there's no way he keeps up that PER. If he got a forty PER, oh my god, yeah. I mean, yeah, he got a forty-one point two six. But he's gonna end up with like a twenty-five or something like that. That's what he's gonna end up with. That's still not that bad. Still last not season, bad. That's still really good. Last, last season, like, he was start, last season, like twenty. Yeah. Last season, he was second in the league with a 29.1. Yeah. And Giannis averaged 32, which was pretty incredible. That's a – But – Yeah, that's really – James Harden also averaged seven and a half assists and six and a half rebounds last season. I think he improves on those assists because Russell Westbrook is gone and he – a lot of people – overrate how much of a ball hug he is because James Harden yes he he there's probably some stat like time of possession per individual players he probably by far and away the the highest but James Harden does pass the ball and he finds the open man when when there is an open man he's just so dominant with his shots and he makes his shots almost 50 percent of the time so he is the best option on the team pretty much if there's a wide open PJ Tucker in the corner Yes, we'll give it to him for the three because P.J. Tucker is a great corner three-point shooter. Yeah. But if James Harden has a one-on-one and it's someone that he can beat off the dribble, he's going to beat them off the dribble. And he does it so often. And, I mean, I just can't say anything more. He is the MVP. There's there's no – I Giannis maybe should have won it one of the last two years, but I think James Harden was robbed probably both years that Giannis won it. Uh. And I think – well, that James Harden still deserves Chris to win. Paul and Russell Westbrook, but whatever. That is an issue. Yeah, they are also two ball dominant players, so I can see how that wouldn't work. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, okay, respectable. I disagree with you on that one. I don't think that I think that James okay. Harden is overrated, but whatever. I of course disagree with you on Giannis and Damian Lillard for some reason. You picked Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard. But anyway, you from a voter's point of view, if you are a voter and you see, okay, Damian Lillard is putting up thirty. Five and eight a game, right? Some of the best yeah. numbers in the league still has not won an MVP. And this is going to be maybe the last season that he has a shot at winning the MVP. Maybe, maybe, maybe next season. But this is going to be his best season that he has a shot at winning the MVP. You're going to give it to him, you know? 
that's how it ends up happening sometimes. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but. Although, <laughs> why did LeBron James not win it last season? Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. Why 25, 10, and 8. 25, 10, and 8. He led, he led the Lakers to the best record in the conference, and oh, he yeah. also won the championship. Oh, yeah. He, he, out of 36. He why they not, why do they not give it to him when he's coming off of his prime yes. and he's still posting those insane numbers yeah, on yeah. a new team? Because he's already won four. That's why. <laughs> why, yes, why, but, why was Michael Jordan not an MVP every single season he played? Literally every single season he played. Except for because, that short season. Two short seasons. Yeah, because... Because, you know, voter fatigue. Except maybe yes. his rookie season. But his rookie season, he averaged like 28 points a game or something crazy like that. But st- you don't award MVP to a rookie unless they're... Yeah, yeah like, exactly. But... The best. Yeah, from his third season to his last as a bull... Um, he should have won every time. Yes, not including that uh, re- retirement time. Yeah, not including that. Uh-huh. Yes. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, so we went through our predictions. Um, we're going to... Put them in the episode description, I believe, so you can you can see it on the list, right? Oh, so, okay. yes, we are. And then you can leave a review about what you how you think they went. Maybe post your predictions. I don't know. You can fool around with that. Anyway, we went through the NFL playoff picture, the NBA predictions for MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Points Per Game, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved Player, and First Team All-NBA. Um, stay tuned for the Saturday episode where we conclude our season record where – I am a respectable 71 and 40. Jackson somehow is two games ahead of me at 73 and 38. And we will see who is the winner after week 17. Thank you so much for listening. This has been your weekly sports breakdown hosted by Asher and Jackson. So long. Bye.